buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Hey, before we start today's episode, I wanted to bring you in on the best kept secret in B2B sales. If you're serious about social selling and your only strategy is cold DMs through LinkedIn, you're missing the mark big time. Learn how a fully managed revenue generating podcast can change your life and your pipeline at salescast.co. All right. Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. I'm very excited today to have Jason Mark Campbell on the show. We're going to talk about Selling with Love because he is the author of Selling with Love. Um, Earn with integrity and expand your impact is what we're going to talk about. He is on a mission to inspire small business owners with sales reluctance to embrace it as a beautiful activity that transforms lives. Jason, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, Colin. It's a pleasure to be here and excited to share. Yeah, this is a topic that uh, I'm excited to dig into. Uh, But before we do that, just give us a little bit of context. Like, What was your sales story and then what got you into wanting to write this book about selling with love? All right. Well, I'll tell you the cute story and then I'll give you the professional story. I'll keep them both brief because they're fun, but not doesn't need to be the content people focus on. So, um, you know, when I was in high school, I love sharing the story of going on charity drives, right? Like they were putting you some chocolates to go sell door to door. And that would be my first real sales experience is trying to collect money for a charity in my high school. And it was an interesting experience because the first place I went knock, you know, I'm just this kid going like, Hey, do you guys want some like chocolate covered almonds? And the brand was called the world's finest chocolate, which I think was a bit of an over promise, but nonetheless, <laughs> people were excited to buy. They'd be like, oh, here's two bucks. They got chocolate, helping a charity, no resistance. Everyone's happy, win, win, win all around. That's a really cool thing to have as your first sales experience where most people kind of have a negative association with sales. But it Mm -hmm. got even better when I went to the sixth door or seventh door and I knock and the lady that opens the door and I make my epic pitch, which is just like, do you want to buy some chocolate for charity? She goes and says, well, let me ask my daughter. And lo and behold, the daughter walks down the stairs, which I had never met before, is about my age and is absolutely stunning. And so we get to connect, ends up being one of my first girlfriends. And alas, selling with love has become imprinted into my subconscious. That's the cute story of sales. But um, 
I, I, there's a lot of relevance to this because I think, again, most people have that negative association with sales based on maybe a used car purchase experience or a negative experience buying a mobile phone plan. You know, when you have this as one of your first experiences, every time you become a salesperson, you'll be like, oh my God, am I like them? I want to be better than that. I don't want to associate with that identity. And so having that positive identity around being a salesperson, knowing it's a good thing, I think goes a long way for the mindset that you build as becoming a professional yourself. You know, fast forwarding from that, I went ahead, built my own company in real estate, buying and selling properties out in Florida. Then I went to work for a personal growth development company, Mind Valley, based in Kuala Lumpur, selling around the world, personal growth education. We did product launches for millions of dollars. I helped him, the founder of the company, do a best-selling New York Times book. And myself ran events, thousand people events, selling them out around the world as well. So I got a chance to do a lot of different types of sales, a lot of fun doing it. And uh, eventually I said, well, I think I want to share this message around selling with love. And so now sales consulting, having fun, helping people, and it's all good fun. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So yeah, most people's first experience knocking on doors <laughs> is not as fabulous as yours. <laughs> Usually people are getting cursed at, um, usually they're getting called very ugly names, door slammed in their face. You know, I've heard it all. Um, and you know, our listeners are going to be like, geez, here he's going to go again. Cause I've always said this, right. There's knocking on doors was never part of my story, but there's part of me that wishes it was because <laughs> it's funny. And, and I can tell you everybody who's been on the podcast, where knocking on doors, even if it was from a young age, is part of their sales experience, have gone on to do very well in sales. Very well, right? And you're right. A lot of people have this negative association with sales, maybe from something their parents said or an experience that they had. Um, and most people that get into sales, get into sales as their plan C or B or, you know, whatever. It's not, they're not growing up, dressing up as a salesperson saying, this is what I want to do when I grow up. It's never, that's, I don't know if we'll ever see that happen in our lifetime, but maybe one day. Um, so the, the interesting thing is, is you had a great experience knocking on doors as a young kid and you even found your first girlfriend. So it's like, wow, <laughs> there like, is hope. I was built for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's very true what you say where sales usually ends up being the plan D plan C, but fascinating enough, you look at all the different careers you can go into. And it's like, even if you're a six, like a C plus salesperson in this world, you're having major success compared to needing to be the top one, one, one percent to be at the Olympics, you know, as a professional athlete. So here is an industry where there's huge upside potential and at least be better than the average, which is not a hard feat. And you just need to put in a bit of work, mostly on the mindset. And already you can show up so powerfully. And this is a big thing that I want to teach people is like, if you just bring in a little love in the sales process, you're already going to be the cream of the crop. You're going to have the baseline success, be able to grow from there. And as such, you'll be like, why don't I make this my number one thing? Why aren't we talking about this being a number one thing? Because it brings the most success. It's super fun to do, has a ton of revenue you can make, flexible hours. It's win around. And so, hey, let's inspire some people to maybe say, hey, in our generation, we're going to see some people saying as a plan A, I'm going to be a salesperson. Oof, that's a tall order. It's a tall order, Jason. I'm working on it, brother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I have the pleasure of talking to a lot of people that are doing some good work and, um, you know, to give sales a good name, 
you know, and be a profession that, uh, you know, has a little bit more respect. I think we're making some good progress, but there's still a lot of work to do. Um, so I'm curious about your entrepreneurial experience of real estate, right? Is that where you really say you, you cut your chops into, you know, building what you call selling with love? Well, I'd say the real estate venture was the trauma that was necessary for me to see that I wanted to create a better world. And let me explain. When I first got into the real estate world and I went to these seminars, right? And I'm sure for any of the American audiences are very familiar with this. You go to a room, they're telling you how to become a millionaire in real estate. And me, 21 years old, bright eyed, I'm like, oh my God, I want to be a millionaire. I want to do this quick. Real estate sounds awesome. Sign me up. So I signed up to their mentoring program. And what happened is, well, I needed a lot of money. It was like 20 grand to get it done. So I got my two best friends. We all got together and we got the mentoring program. I go down to Florida and my first experience here is this. Mentor takes us to view a bunch of properties, makes us put a bunch of offers on a bunch of properties, brings his cousin along who's going to fund everything we buy. Mm. And they're going to help us get a lot of the buyers. We're like, oh my God, this is amazing. He puts us in a room, record a testimonial. I'm like, this is the best program ever. They brought the deals. They brought the people. They brought the investors. We're all set. We're going to be rich. We're young. This is fun. Everybody can do it. Let's get it. And then suddenly we finish that testimonial right to the, co the cousin disappeared. Start digging into what we were being taught. Cut corners. Start looking at the people we were referred to. Scammy. Mm. We're like, what the hell is going on? And so mm. we realized we've been scammed. And so wow. from this point, and this was not a fun part of my life, but ends up being some of the biggest growth in my life. So I'm freaking out uh, in the process. I end up, you know, seeing a psychologist, a little bit of antidepressants to get me through this stressful time. Not going to lie, but I was up all night trying to figure out how to fix this, fix this. And it forced me to learn so much in the process to make things right upon a lot of people I'd started the, the transactions with. We ended up finding the buyers. We ended up doing good on them. We'd ended up fixing everything that was broken. And eventually I ended up selling the company that I'd built to one of my business partners who ended up staying in Florida, married a wonderful Georgian woman. And I went out to actually build better education programs around real estate transactions. So it could be done the right way. So they wouldn't have a space to exist. Now I could look at this and say, wow, poor me, Jason got scammed and was featured across Canada about this infomercial. But in essence, we made a request for them to take it down. And I learned so much and I made things right. And I could choose the story, right? And for me, it's like, okay, I got scammed, but maybe, just maybe, they knew I could swim. So they threw me so deep in the ocean, I figured out how to swim, got back on my feet and grew in the process. I don't wish this on anyone else, but this became kind of the catalyst to be like, hey, I'm tired of seeing a world with douchebag marketers and salespeople. So if I can get the ethical businesses and the good guys to actually learn to sell with love, which doesn't mean no hard sell means no sell. It's like lead, care, and sell because you know what you offer is so much more than what you ask in return. You can be inspired and relentless in making that person understand it because it's not manipulation, it's empathy. Mm. Wow. Okay. So you turned a horrible situation into a not so bad situation for yourself there. And I'm curious let's just dig into like selling with, you know, love. Like what does, what does that mean? Like, give me an example of not selling with love and what selling with love would look like, you know, from a tactical standpoint of a seller is like scratching their head right now saying, what the heck does that mean, Jason? <laughs> well, 
In my book, I break it down into various different emotions, but I'll make it simple for all your listeners here. You're either selling from fear or you're selling from love. That's it. Selling from fear is very self-focused. It's very needy. It's very blocked. There's lots of shame, guilt. You're sabotaging yourself rationally. You're overthinking because you're so into yourself and you're not thinking about the other person. Selling with love is about leading the conversation, knowing the impact is actually where it starts. Like, what is the difference you're making in people's lives when you actually sell them the product or service you sell them? Are you clear on that? And when you are clear on that, then you start being clear on who do I actually sell this to? Do I love the clients I sell to? Do I understand them? And when you're clear on that, you're like, are my products aligned to serve them powerfully? Is it the best product I can offer right now? Is it the best deal? Really tailored to make the difference to the people I want to make it with the right product. Those are the first three loves of selling I speak about. And when you're so clear on this, it becomes a different story. I'll give you an example. If you're not selling with love, then you join a company, they give you scripts, you learn the process of selling, you get on the phones, you sell, sell, sell without giving a shit. All right? Yeah. Does it work? Which is how a lot of people start. That's how we start. Today. Because we don't know any better. And here's the thing, Colin. Does it work? Yes. For the company that just wants to move the bottom line, you get an ignorant young salesperson, the future big swinging dicks of the organization for those who like (laughs) boiler room. Yeah. And guess what? You give a bunch of tools and start to love the process of selling, you will be effective, but dangerous because you take no Mm. responsibility for the sales you make. And we're all fans of Spider-Man here. So with that responsibility or with that power comes the responsibility. And so as such, you can be an effective salesperson yet. Here's what I've noticed. Every time I've sold from a place, I call this the fear, the fear pride paradox, which is you just love the process of selling. You're still coming from a place of neediness because you're like, oh, I want the money for myself or I want to feel good yeah. enough. I want to be recognized. I, I, I. And then yeah. you learn the tactics. You start to move money. You start to move energy, which is a big premise in my book. Yet there's something that doesn't feel right. So we try to numb ourselves from the fact that we are not being responsible to who we sell to. And so you often see emotional ups and downs in sales, addiction issues, mental health issues, being things that were really common in the sales world. We numb ourselves to the reality of the responsibility that we've denied. And so we often grow out of that and say, hey, I want to do better than this, unless you get stuck into it. And I feel that that's a bit of a vampirous uh, kind of plaguish type of salesperson that we see in the world a lot today. And I'm trying to show that there is a better way. And it starts with that three stacks, the love, the impact, love the client, love the product. And to give you a better example of what it looks like when you do this, I do a lot of sales training. I've shared a bit of my story, but here's how it goes, Colin. I say, I'm tired of seeing douchebag salespeople and marketers take advantage of good people. Ethical businesses need to step up and I need to teach them the ways of selling that make them stand out in the workplace. Small business owners, the ones that have one to five employees, typically women-led with a mission, a purpose, and trying to do good in the world, are resistant to sales. But if I can unlock this for you, you will be magically growing in a way that aligns with your values. And the product I've created for you is taking you by the hand, jumping into the business, fixing all the sales process, working on you personally on the blocks, making sure you're ready to take your business to the next level. Impact clear, person clear, product clear. Once I got that, I'm excited about the sales process to pitch it abundantly. And that's a bit of what Mm. selling with love is. Wow. I think there's a lot of people that can identify with that, you know, that experience of what 
a typical sales environment looks like when you're not selling with love. I know that my own personal experience was very much similar to that. You know, it was all about me. It was all about my commission. It was all about looking good. It was all about pounding my chest, being at the top of the leaderboard. And then you get there and you're like, so what? Now what? And then you start to think about like, there's got to be a better way. This doesn't feel right. And that's when I started searching for answers and, you know, following certain people and reading books and following blogs and listening to podcasts and finding that there is a different way to really serve your clients at a high level, whether that means doing business together or not. And when you figure that out, selling becomes a lot easier. Like I hate to say that because I'm not going to say that sales is easy, but if you can wrap your head around some of these things that Jason's talking about, your job will become a little bit less stressful or maybe not a little bit, maybe a lot more stressful, less stressful. You know, there's one thing I mentioned, Colin, is that all of this thing around the impact, the client and the product, these are fantastic for your marketing and sales material. It'll prepare you to actually communicate better and close more deals because a lot of the clients are asking, why are you selling to me? Am I the right person to buy this product? Is your product perfectly designed for me? You answer that. Brilliant. But that's not even the, the kicker. That's not even the point. That's not even the real difference that's going to happen is you become clear. Just as like what you're doing with SalesCast, I think you're one of, you're a beautiful example. Like you've went through this terrible process of seeing how sales was done before. You've built this company to be able to help people sell better. You're educating them. You're inspiring them to be the best version of themselves as salespeople. This is a great mission. And then as such, you're very clear on who you serve and you have an amazing product. So when you wake up in the morning, you're inspired. You don't be like, oh, it's Monday. You're like, hell yeah, it's Monday. Matter of fact, Saturday and Sunday, I was still texting and making a difference because it's important to me and it's fun and I want to keep doing it. Imagine having an entire sales team that wake up like that. I was training one sales guy who's doing some AI robotics process improvements within manufacturing companies in Thailand. He couldn't answer the impact. He couldn't answer a lot of the functions. And I make people walk through these maps, right? And this is like, get clear on the impact, you know, and I go beyond just the impact for the client. It's okay to have impact for you. You want to make money. You want to get abundance. You want to travel, live a lifestyle. Hell yeah. That's okay. It works with having an impact for the client, having an impact for you and an impact for the world. I get people to get clear on that. I get people to get clear on the client, get clear on the product, the process, and even work on the fears you have. And when I worked with this sales representative, he was new at the company, but he came with this material and then he was able to go to his leadership team, his managers. And he's like, Hey, this is how I understand the company and why I'm selling. Does this make sense? They're like, Oh, wow. Maybe we should include this in our sales material because people are under like as a sales representative, why am I selling this? Is this important? Am I doing good for the people? That's the special sauce that gets people to be enthusiastic. You know how they say, Colin, you got to just be enthusiastic if you want to sell more. Well, give me a reason yeah. to sell so I can jump out of bed and get on the phones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of people that struggle with this, right? And, and I even know from my own personal experience, I've sold a lot of stuff. I've never been that excited about selling anything other than what I'm doing today. And there's, you can be very successful, right? And I used to think people that used to say, you got to be passionate about what you do. I used to call BS on that because I didn't get it until I finally found something that I was really passionate about doing. And I can tell you 
they were not BS. I just didn't understand. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people who's like, well, you yeah, know, I sell whatever, whatever widget. How the heck do I get excited about that? How do I get passionate about selling? I don't know. What do you think's the most boring thing to sell? <laughs> Man, I think there's nothing boring to sell. It depends on who's selling it and if you align to it, right? Used car sales, hell, you're able to provide a vehicle at a lower price for people that need the mobility. And the world needs people to be able to have the access to the employments to get to the place they need to go regardless of their budget. I can get inspired to sell a used car, especially imagine growing up in a lower income family and you're like, you know what? We always wanted a fancy new BMW, but that's not where it started. We were able to buy a 10 year old one. It worked. We had a great one. And as such, it made me feel great. I started with my first jobs and then guess what? I went up the ranks and I eventually was able to buy that BMW. And as a used car sales representative, you could say, you buy the new car when you made it. You make the tough decisions to get the right car so you can save up and really build your future. Thank you for walking the lot. Let's help you make a good decision. Every business, depending on who sells it, can find their purpose. I'll give you another crazy one. I almost got recruited to work for Juul, right? Juul, the e-cigarette company, back when they were like mm. the top thing. And yeah. my friend worked as a supply uh, management in the supply chain side. And they were looking for a VP of sales. And I started thinking, damn, do I want to go work there? Tons of money, growing market, huge. But I was like, do I want to be the guy that's getting more people to get to smoke vape? And I was like, that's not an impact I aligned to. But then I started thinking, wow, if I was a smoker of cigarettes for years and I took the jewel and I was able to kick the cigarette and get to something that's less toxic, and I truly believe in that, I would have jumped on that role and be like, holy, I get to play a role in getting people to ditch the cigarette, do something that's less bad, help the healthcare system. Ideally, we don't want people to smoke at all, but if we can make a step in the right direction, I'll play that part every day. Two different person, very different impact. One's inspired, one doesn't. Yeah. Wow. That's a great example. It's a great example. Um, and I mean, I think you giving the example of how a used car salesman can have an impact where they can get excited to do what they do. I mean, pretty much sums it up. It's like, if you can get excited to do that, I think, cause typically, you know, the use, we, we beat up, we beat on the used car salesman all the time. <laughs> Every time somebody talks about, you know, what they picture of a horrible salesperson, you know, used car salesmen have a bad rap, <laughs> you know? So it, 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 it's time to, you know, um, pump up the, the used car sales, lift them up just a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Uh, one of my great friends here in Bali, uh, he's also Canadian from the city I'm from as well, Ottawa. And, uh, he wanted me to pick up some stuff while I was visiting my family back in April. And he's like, Oh, uh, my dad's got it. Just to stop at this shop. And I, I realized it's a used car, uh, dealership. I'm like, oh my God, your dad's a used car salesman. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's, it pays the bills. And he's like apologizing for his dad. I sat him down. I'm like, brother, listen, I love what your dad does. I'm excited. I went to meet him. Great guy. His whole sales team, amazing people. I'm like, you shouldn't feel any shame about that. Again, they're doing a fantastic job in the marketplace. And the secondary market provides so much more opportunities for people to get themselves in the vehicle they want without needing to go to the dealership to buy something way overpriced, the dealership. So I think there's honor in every sales career. It changes. You need to change your perspective. And of course, remember to sell with love, which the key premise I always remind people, Colin, the way to sell with love is when you know what you offer is so much more than what you ask in return. 
you have clarity on the impact, clarity on who you make it for, and you have a product that provides that impact. Now you learn the process. Do what is required to sell abundantly, have fun doing it, serve, and you'll be in a great place regardless of where you work. Yeah. Well said, brother. Um, thanks so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, really appreciate it. Where can people get the book? Where can people connect with you? What are we going to drop in the show notes so they can get in to the selling with love world? Colin, I've never done this before, but I'm thinking of doing something really cool for your audience, right? Um, this is the okay. sales transformation podcast, right? It is. I'm going to set up a link, which is sellingwithlove.com forward slash sales transformation. And what I'm going to do is I have this like $150 uh, sales challenge, which is like five days. You get clear on the maps I was telling you about earlier. Um, I'm going to give it to for free. Your entire audience, first chapter in my book, some meditations, the whole challenge, everything that I usually include as bonuses for stuff I sell. I'm just going to give it to your crew because you have the right people that I think will love this will actually get transformation and help me with my mission to make more salespeople get to the place of selling with love because the world gets better when these people, all of us go out, sell with this idea of offering so much more than what we ask in return. Let's nudge the needle. So sellingwithlove.com forward slash sales transformation, you'll be able to opt in and get all the goodies. And uh, I'd love to even hear from anybody who's on this podcast. So I'll even throw in a one-on-one with anybody who completes the work on the challenge just to be able to review them and make sure your stack is tight. You'll be unstoppable when you go selling. Boom. Wow. You're sharing the love there. That's right. (laughs) All right. We're going to drop the link there in the show notes so that you guys can take Jason up on his offer. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It really does help us out. And we are always listening for your feedback. You can go to salestransformation.fm, drop us a voice DM, and we will get back to you. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free, salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.